Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. The following podcast is sponsored by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Independence Day, Top Gun, Star Kid, Big Hero 6, Spider-Man 2, Captain America, The First Avenger, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, Castaway, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Man of Steel, The Justice League, Birds of Prey, Hot Fuzz, Stranger Than Fiction, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Agent Carter, and Doom Patrol. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a TV show every week and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, flying superheroes, or cyborg sleeper agents that were originally created by Hydra, but then started working for the U.S. government, but then were sort of recaptured by Hydra, and now they sort of work for themselves. Very good. I'm your host, Luigi. <laughs> With me, as always, is my co-host. A new co-host every week, unless I'm covering a Marvel show, in which case I have a returning co-host, Ryan T. Lawler. Welcome, Ryan. Hello, folks. It's good to be back. I knew we'd say hello again. <laughs> uh, I did, too. I, Ryan, I love you 3,000, and I'm really glad to have you back. I love you 3,000. <laughs> so, Ryan, why don't you tell the audience what Marvel show we are going to be talking about today on Robots versus Dinosaurs. Well, we'll be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, new series. Uh, this is episode one, New World Order. And so, uh, yeah, so basically this episode is kind of going to introduce us to Sam, introduce us to Bucky, kind of their life after Endgame and the struggles that they're kind of going through now. And um you're kind of introducing us into the conflicts that are going to be present through this whole series. So we got we got Sam, who's kind of trying to struggle with the fact, is he really ready to be Captain America? So he's got these struggles, you know. He puts this the shield back into the bag, which kind of, you know, is giving him, basically, he's not ready. And then we got, we got Bucky, who's going to be also having problems. He's going to have all the terrible memories and stuff from the past, and he's going to have to work through this. So yeah, the well. So one thing is, I didn't. I actually didn't know uh, until I saw the title of the show itself, like written out, that it was yep. the Falcon. I've always thought Sam Wilson was Falcon, <laughs> um, yeah. and I, it doesn't the make Falcon. a difference. But like, I've never ever seen it written as the Falcon until this show. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't either. I've always seen Falcon, but maybe they just. I don't know, just boom, 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 the Wilkin, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It just, you know, just it, it just hits you, you know? <laughs> it does roll off the tongue better. And and it's also one thing that WandaVision made me realize, like WandaVision, it's not Vision, he's the Vision. And they kept referring yeah. to him in that way, the Vision. I was just going to, I was going to point that out too, exact same situation, the Vision and Vision. Yeah. Did they refer Vision Hayward pretty much referred to him as the Vision. Yeah, you, to be honest, if you I I if I'm if I'm if my memory is serving me well, most of the Avengers like in the comic books when they first back in like the you know the 50s and 60s especially, they would generally always be referred to as like the Iron Man or the Yeah. Hulk. The, the yeah, maybe the Black Widow would work, but like you wouldn't you definitely wouldn't say the Thor. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because that's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. That's like his name. I guess but, um, from what we saw in this show, you could say you you wouldn't say the Captain America 
unless you were talking about Steve, but you might say a Captain America, because now there are multiple Captain America, Captain's America. That's the difference, though. Steve Rogers is the Captain America. The others may be a Captain America. That's that's what I'm (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the this episode of The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. This yes. is directed by Kari Skogland. I might be mispronouncing that name, but next week I'll have more information about the director yeah. uh, once, I, once I sort of like look them up and, and research them a little bit. Uh, the stars are Anthony Mackie, who is excellent and has been playing Falcon since uh, Captain America Winter, um, Winter Soldier, right? The yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not the first. That was the second Captain America second. movie. Yeah. And also Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky Barnes. He's been around for the first, first Avenger. Of note, I'm looking at some of the other, uh, I'm looking at some of the other cast members and I'm not entirely sure I want to read them off because it's, it's IMDB spoilers all over the place. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I'm going to leave that alone, but Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are two main characters. One thing we're going to get into this when we talk about the episode, but I, I was a little bummed that we didn't see them together yet in this episode. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. Yeah, I noticed that too, but I think it's cool to set up that, um, you know, it's going to show their individual struggles mm-hmm. and then kind of, you know, give you an overlying idea of the f- fact that we have, you know, this terrorist criminal group, the Flag Smashers. It just kind of setting us up. And I hope, I'm thinking they'll come together in the next episode, realize they need to uh, take care of some business. <laughs> and take care of some friendship they they call out that yes. uh bucky's not or no um is it one of bucky is not answering sam's texts yeah and he's got like, give a, me he's your got a text in give me your phone <laughs> you don't even have 10 contacts on here <laughs> so yeah i think i think this yeah this episode did a great job of laying the groundwork where it shows us how these stories are going to intersect eventually yes. and so it's all it's all very exciting i'm just I just can't wait to see these two characters yeah. together because they have such good chemistry. Absolutely. So what we do see, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the opening shot of the episode, Ryan, and then I'm going to throw it to you to tell the audience, uh, to tell the listeners um, about the rest of the episode. Okay. We open on uh, Falcon is in a room ironing something and he's getting ready. He's putting on a suit, but not a super suit. He's putting on mm. a, a three, a nice three piece suit and yes. he's putting the shield the cap shield, we see the cap shield sitting on the bed and he's putting it in this very nice leather bag. And throughout this little like montage of him dressing, we get this voiceover from Endgame of Cap and Sam talking when Cap gave him the shield. And Cap says, mm-hmm. How's it feel? And Sam says, like it's someone else's. And Cap says, yeah. It isn't. Yes. Well, so. and that maybe- is um that's direct it's directly the quote, right? Like, it's not like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, let's see. It's, he says, how does it feel? Like it's someone else's. It isn't. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically, uh, basically the line. And then it kind of slides into, you know, his struggles Mm -hmm. through the episode, which I think is pretty, you know, pretty much the rundown here is we're going to have, this is Sam's struggle trying to figure out what I, am I the right person for this? You know? And that's basically the struggle coming down the pipeline. Then we got, yeah. He's like, Captain America told me I'm Captain America, but I don't feel like I'm Captain America. Should I, I don't know if I should be Captain America. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then on the other side, we have Bucky's struggles and, you know, obviously 
if you've been mind controlled for what, 90, 70, you know, whatever, how many years he was, you know, assassinating and killing people and, and to have those memories in your head are pretty horrific. And then we, you know, we're going to have both their struggles, obviously, hopefully coming together toward the end, but we're building them up in this episode. All right. And then we get to see also Bucky's friend there, Yori, which is a shame because they seem to have connected, but he has a very dark secret that he needs to get out to him. Yori is the, is the old man, right? That he, that he takes to the restaurant. Correct. Yes. And we meet him in the alley kind of arguing with the guy putting his trash in his dumpster. But yeah, so it's, it's actually, it's really sad. It's, it's sad. And, you know, he go, you know, they go out to lunch, they goes out with that girl, the bartender. And then obviously she strikes a chord with the whole thing. He has to leave. She brings up the fact that the worst part of Yori's losing his son is that he doesn't know what happened to him. And as soon as she says that, Bucky realizes, well, I, yeah, I happened to him. Yeah. Very, yeah. Very important part and sad. I just always, it strikes me when he goes to his apartment there at the end or at the end of that scene. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to say something and he just can't get it out. And he sees the shrine to his son and he just is like, ah, here's the money for lunch. You know, like he just couldn't bring himself to say it, it was, it was really sad. Yeah. You know, but also back to, uh, Sam, which we get to see that really awesome action scene with him after, you know, we get to see a little bit of his struggles with the shield, but, mm. um, that was, that was badass opening right there. Sam is fighting what we find out is the LAF. And I couldn't I, yeah. I couldn't find what that stands for. Do you Me know either. what LAF stands for? Okay. No, I listened back several times and they never mentioned what it stood for. They, you know, they just what they say there. Um well, we know that they're what their ethos, we know what they sort of what they stand for, if we don't know what LAF stands for, which is they right. the LAF organization thinks the world was better during the blip. Right. So well, I thought like, that was more the flag smashers believe that are they the same thing i think i think so i think they're connected yeah i think you're right though that that was what they said about the flag smashers yeah (laughs) they did then go and say the flag smashers you know they preferred the world without the blip a world with like more unity to the whole world right less borders type thing which i guess became more of a thing during the blip maybe i didn't Maybe there's more to explain there, but I thought that was an interesting, the imp- interesting the implication there. The implication there makes sense to me because it's like if half the people on the entire planet are gone, yep. every country's infrastructure is going to be struggling because you just literally don't have the people to keep it to keep it running. I think what I think what they're what they're sort of introducing here is that like there was a community of people. I guess the world realized we all literally do finally have a common enemy and we can stop warring with each other. And the world temporarily for five years came together. And I think what they're saying is like this organization formed because a lot of people liked it that way. (laughs) And And in some ways I understand that, you know, (laughs) but obviously, I mean, it's always good to be able to have a slight sympathy for what the villain is going. Like, that's why I like Thanos. You understand where he's coming from, but obviously it's just not, the right approach (laughs) yeah it's something it's something where you can understand the the philosophy and you might even you might even get behind it if the leader of it wasn't doing it for nefarious reasons or didn't have some sort of alternative ultimatum totally oh and uh yeah his awesome uh, i just wanted to mention i love the his red wing the little robot that we didn't see as much of it in previous in previous uh episodes but he was badass and i love I love it. It's almost like he's almost getting a little Tony Starkey. He's got his little like AI, which comes in, cuts the plane open with the laser, very mm-hmm. Iron Man, which he's 
he does on a couple occasions, I believe, with his lasers, which is cool. I also felt the show had a lot of little callbacks to other little things, you know, like him d- jumping out the plane. You know, he does a little backflip, back dive out the plane, or he jumps out the plane. I think Iron Man did that. Captain America did that. He doesn't even have a parachute. <laughs> <He's> like, <"Whoa." laughs> like, that dude don't care. <laughs> Let's so talk about Red Wing that. real quick, because uh, oh, yeah, this is robots versus dinosaurs. And this is our yeah. first, like, real robot that we're seeing in yeah. the show. Um, Reminded me of Soundwave, the Transformers. <laughs> I love Ryan. I love you. 6,000. That is, <laughs> that's, uh, that's almost exactly what I was going to say. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's almost like Bucky is absolutely a cyborg. There's no question. He's a yeah. cyborg. His arm is, well, his arm is detachable. So here's the question. Yeah. When Bucky is not wearing his arm, is he a cyborg? No. Okay. No, okay. I just, no, yeah. No, I, he is because he has to have some kind of connection here for it to in. So he's got to have a robot <laughs> socket. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. Yeah, it has to have like the receiving circuit. Got to be a okay. receiving socket. That <laughs> you're absolutely you know, right. All right, so he's always a cyborg body that can connect to the robots and do their um, little thing. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I I like to drill into sometimes with guests is the difference between a cyborg. And like somebody piloting a mech suit, for example, right? Because yes. the mech suit, you're almost entirely inside of it. You, uh, I think you listened to my episode. I covered the movie Star Kid with yes. uh, with Jason Grubia, and you'd seen that movie. And I'm sorry for you, but <laughs> it's been years. But yes, it was. I used to watch it on HBO way back. That is yeah. that movie. That it's movie, in my opinion, gets it wrong because they call the suit that he goes into Psy, which is a yeah. clever, like way, no. cute way of them shortening cyborg. But the suit is not a cyborg. It's a not a suit. cyborg. No, um, no. Bucky is a, Bucky is a cyborg. Falcon though is in what I would say is essentially like a modular mech suit. He's very much like it's a lot of Stark tech, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's Iron Man suity, but without being wrapped around them. The the wing tech comes out of the backpack with the thrusters and the. It's you know yeah. It's it's very it's very Iron Manny, especially now. You know it's cool. He's real good at using it too. <laughs> he's oh. really in tune with every one of his instruments. And what I was actually looking for when I rewatched it was like, what are his hands doing? How does he actually deploy those, the wings or like when he wants the thrusters to activate? Like I was looking for, how does he do it? And I, I don't think, I don't think it's something we're going to see like his hand pressing a button. I think it's going to be more of like a Iron Man sort of had this interface where he could look at things and then like it would sort of command by him looking at the right part of the screen. I think um, that's where his goggles come in because he's got yeah. the goggles with the, and you can see he's locking onto things. And I think that somehow just like Iron Man, he controls it with the digital displays somehow, you know, in front of him. you know, whether we're just supposed to kind of accept that, I don't know, but it'd be cool if they explained it a little more. The cool thing about Red Wing is you always forget that Falcon has Red Wing until he yeah. deploys it. And then you're like, oh, he's got this other trick up his sleeve. Yeah. That, like, can come around the other side, flank people, like catch somebody by surprise. It's a really cool thing to have in your back pocket. Oh, yeah. And it's like pretty heavily armed. It's got machine guns and missiles on it. That thing's ready to go, you know? Do you think we'll ever see Red Wing develop any sort of personality or like Falcon having any sort of 
Like what? Like if it gets shot down, do you think Falcon would be sad, or would he just go and go to the lab and get it replaced real quick? That's uh, that's a good question, and I'd say <laughs> it's, it's know, not a good question. It's a question. No, it's, it's not a good. <laughs> dude, that's a great question. I love those kind of questions. Because <laughs> if I had a little pet robot thing that like yeah. lived on my back, and you know we've been buddy buddy, hey, shooting out helicopters, saving my life, I'd be a, I'd be a little upset. Yeah, I mean. Okay. How easy is it to come across another one? That mm. also is that how how you know he has this technology? But can he just run down to whoever's around uh, now? It's sword or <laughs> who's he working for now? Get the, I, yeah, I'm not sure who he's working for exactly. It's like I guess, he said it was I like kind of like government. independent. Yeah, it was like kind of like independent contracting with the Air Force or something. Because he was he he wasn't necessarily in the Air Force. He used to be. He, right? he was. But he was. Yeah, he, he is, was. He is now. He was Back in the Air in Force in originally, and he was the reason he had the suit in the first place is because he was part of like a special forces team that like used advanced tech or something. I think they mentioned it when he's run it when at the beginning of Winter Soldier. When he, yeah, it, that he he was like trained on using this experimental tech, and he's kind of the only person that is good at using it, and um, damn like is bonded with it. So yeah, that's uh, he definitely. I think I don't know if he retired from the Air Force or got injured and had to leave right. or something, but he's definitely like either veteran status or he's probably doing consultant. If he's probably he's right. probably a Air Force employee in some degree, like a government employee in some yeah. in some way right now no he, there's got, no way he's yeah. active duty air force yeah that's what i think he's coming back to do some work he mentioned government contracts maybe he's yeah. getting paid for this specific job although we find out they don't get paid much but well that's funny yeah. i'm really i loved that they talked about like how do the avengers get paid like that was yeah. such a fun little conversation in the, <laughs> in the bank it was because like really you think about like i thought maybe stark tossed him a little bit of something but apparently he doesn't <laughs> well he's dead now so like it's yeah it may I, I think i think when tony stark was alive there was no question that he was funding everything he even he even kind of bitterly says that in uh, age of ultron <laughs> somebody does. asked him like oh i thought you were the leader and he's like oh, no no cap's the leader i just pay for everything make everyone look cool uh, <laughs> and they all clearly like live there too, don't they? It seems like the, it. At, at the end of Spider-Man scene, you know, they say, "Yeah, we got you a room up next to Visions." You know, so, yeah. and they make like some joke, like they all live there too, like kind of like an X-Men house or something. I yeah, and I always chalked it up to that because Tony seems to have this like what I would describe as a frivolous generosity. Like he has yeah. he has so much money, he just he doesn't care. And if somebody needs something and yeah. he can pay for it, he'll pay for it. He doesn't. It, it's yeah. no. It, he won't even miss the money when it's when it's yeah. gone because it'll be right back in the account. Like he exactly. makes so much. Yeah. So yeah, what what happens after that source of income is killed by Thanos? Uh, <laughs> what do we? Yeah. Do? And then especially you're gone for five years. Now you come back. Clearly have no records. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. That's what that's the cool stuff. I really am interested with this show less so than the than the Falcon. Honestly, than the Falcon Winter Soldier. I wanna. I really am interested in seeing the world and mm -hmm. how it functions after a blip. I mean, there's just you, you, you five years, someone gone, you change your life, you, you move on, you get a new husband or wife, you know, you move, you're buying a new house. I don't know, whatever you blip back into a house. Someone else now lives here. How do you handle that? It's just, <laughs> there's just that, so many. <laughs> that was, it was grimy, but so 
absolutely correct that the bank was like, you have no income for the past five years. And they're like, it didn't exist for five years. (laughs) Exactly. But the fact that the bank is like holding that against you, that is accurate to a T. That is exactly how this world works. And And like, it would be no different. That banker was a little, little dirt bag. I thought like he's had this positive. Oh yeah. an Avenger. Woo. But mm, fuck you. I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't, you know what he, it was played kind of well to his scumbag, but like the way he played it was so well because I, I was sort of roped into, Oh, he's sort of fanboying out. He's sort of like yeah. breaking his professionalism because he's so caught up in the moment of meeting this guy. Yeah. But then like the sister sees what's going on the whole time and calls Absolutely. him out. And then he finally is like, yeah, okay. And you realize he was doing all of that as an act to get Falcon to admit that he has no income so that he could deny the loan. Grimy, grimy, slimy, awful. The dude's brutal and it really sucked. Just another part of the shitty world we live in. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Falcon fighting the dudes in the helicopter, which one, one other thing I want to say about that is I appreciate that Falcon is a soldier and Bucky Barnes was a, was also a soldier, right? Mm-hmm. When these guys are fighting evil dudes that are trying to kill everybody, they are still our superheroes, but like they're soldiers. And yes. Falcon has no problem tossing a guy out of a helicopter, blowing yes. up another helicopter it, yes. because they're trying to kill him and he's he's got to survive. And like, yeah. these are bad dudes. So it was definitely flat out killing, you know, it was more, more edgy and which is more realistic. I mean, that's what you do. These dirt bags, they're they're killers and murderers and hijackers. Fuck, I'm throwing about this plane. (laughs) Yeah. I I was expecting when the sequence started with him chasing the the helicopters in the, in the Canyon, what I was expecting was, okay, we're going to see like the GI Joe sort of thing where he like blows up the helicopter, but they all jump out in their squirrel suits and right. the people, the people are okay. They'll just exactly. go to jail. Uh, but it, it was not. It was like, no, no I got to. These people are trying to end me. I'm going to end them first because I'm the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let you live. So, well, it's just that he doesn't lose any sleep over it, and he and he shouldn't. It's, yeah, it's. I'm not trying to glorify killing or anything, but I do. I do appreciate the realistic tone. This is what Falcon has to do. Yeah, this is his job. I'm curious to see if. Now, Bucky, with all of his horrors in his head about all the people he's killed, if he he could be so easy to just kill people. Mm. Wonder if he, when, once he gets jumped, because we haven't, we didn't see much of an action scene with him besides when he was the Winter Soldier. So right. whether whether he'll be able to do it, because part of his uh, pardon, as we learn, is he can't hurt anybody. We'll we'll see if that's the case. I also another scene that really reminded me of something else. That whole chase through the, the through the canyons and mountains reminded me of Independence Day with uh, Will Smith flying and the aliens chasing him. That was a lot of the action scenes were similar. The it was cool. Yeah, it was great. Just a little, just a little mention when they, when they did introduce Bucky. And in uh, did you realize right away that it was a flashback? Yeah, because I I did within the first five seconds. I knew. Okay. Yeah, because he's got the mask, the long hair. The long hair yeah, is the biggest the, thing. Once like, I saw that Winter Soldier mask, I was certain. I, I, that's when I was really, but I was I really actually, certain. Uh, my first thought was he grew his his hair a bit out again, <laughs> but then his arm <laughs> right. his arm was different because it's the old arm, not the vibranium arm. Yes, that's too. He had the silver arm with the star on it, which is like yeah, the, the, com- the, the communist hydra. arm. <laughs> communist, yeah. I did realize that. And that's another scene. That whole, that scene is going to be the real emotional, that, that whole story will be the emotional weight of this. That was, 
that's really sad. That scene of that his old friend there. And, well, what and happens? What you um, for, and, for like for like if any if for anybody that may maybe didn't see the episode, like what ha- how what happens in that flashback? How would you? Uh, well, he's going in to kill, I think, a scientist or mm-hmm. something. And he's got all this security and stuff in there, and he's basically killing everybody and he notices that there's this one survivor and he was going back to his room who's to study and then obviously breaks through the wall and the kid's just trying to get into his room and and then he has to you know he has to murder this guy right in front of him and he's like hail hydra and then notices the kids watching and he can't leave any witnesses unfortunately and just like it was really sad to see him shaking the key like he knew it was he was gonna die and he just mercilessly point blank assassinated him like shot mm-hmm. him in the face yeah and that that was just really really sad and we we don't really find out who that kid was until we see his right. photo at the end yeah. when uh he visits yori and we see like yori has made a shrine to his 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 lost son and that photo yeah. is the same face that bucky stuck a gun in <laughs> and when he's talking about his son in the in the little bar there he kind of starts you kind of start to get an idea as Bucky's face is like, oh man, he's talking about it. He knows it's him. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, was, that rough. was That was really rough. That, that they, 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 they laid all of the groundwork for it. Like they showed you, they showed you the reveal before the reveal. Like they show yeah. you the kid's face. They show you him shooting him. And then they reveal like, what does it mean that he killed this kid? And, yeah. but I think like, I don't know. I think if I wasn't so caught up in the drama and the writing and, and like, this is a new Marvel show, I might've, I might've picked up on that, but that's the magic of how good the writing is that I was just going along with everything. And it still yeah. gave me that little gasp moment of, Oh God, that was his son. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. yeah and I didn't um, catch that obviously until I didn't catch that part till later either. Cause yeah. you know, how would you know? That's sad. Yeah. So, so we're, we, uh, so we get a great scene with Bucky at uh, his, at like a psychiatrist, like talking to a psychiatrist about everything. In my, this was my favorite yeah. scene in the show. In the show. Very <laughs> cool. Like camera shots and stuff too. I love the way it was shot. The cinematography just mm-hmm. really cool. The close up down on the face to give you get a real like claustrophobic y like it's a cool, cool vibe. But and you don't you don't know what you're gonna what to expect from Bucky at this point in his life. If he's don't. sitting in a psychiatrist's office, I didn't know is he gonna be like is he just going to be resistant to this treatment and not talk? Mm-hmm. Is he going to give her nothing and just be stoic the whole time? Uh, is he going to like have an attitude about it and tell her, you know, yeah. whatever, like, but the last thing I was expecting was for him to start cracking jokes <laughs> and, and he kind and he does. And I'm like, Oh, I, I like this self-actualized Bucky that's been through a lot. I really like that. He still has this weight that he's carrying around, but like, we're going to see him, be a little more fun. We're going to, it's, it's that we're yeah. going to see him be more Bucky Barnes. Like when in, in, in the, in the first Avenger movie, like when he was mm-hmm. young, optimistic, yeah. swinging, confident, yeah. Bucky with swagger. Yeah. Cause that swagger makes him a really fun character and like a good friend to have on your side. And I'm really excited to see that friendship between him and Sam develop more. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think in that everyone wants to, and that's why the big tease for the first episode, nah, they're not going to come together yet. We'll get yeah. there. But it, but it is just like WandaVision. It is a love story. And we're going we're <laughs> to see that. <laughs> Cause they, they've always, they've always had a bit of a contentious relationship, right? The, what I remember the most, the, the best scene between the two of them is when they're both sitting in Cap's car at one point and Falcon I think Falcon's sitting in the front seat and Bucky's sitting behind him and he's like, can you move your seat up? 
And Falcon just goes, no. Because <laughs> Falcon just immediately doesn't like Bucky. He just doesn't yeah. trust him. He doesn't believe. He believes He believes Steve that there's still good in him and he wants yeah. to help Steve protect him and everything. But I don't, I don't think, I think it takes a lot. I think it takes a long time before Sam considers Bucky somebody I, that he really trusts. And that, you know, I, that makes sense. I would too. Who knows what's still inside his head. They even do kind of mention that, don't they, in the therapy? Like he has to keep saying that he's James Bucky Barnes. I'm not the Winter Soldier. Like he has to almost like accept that. I just found, I just found that weird. Is there still a little bit of that inside him or something that is risking taking control? I, or is that yeah, just because the Like yeah. Ryan, as you know, you underwent covert brainwashing by a communist underground organization. And if I were to sit here... Yeah. Uh, on this podcast and just out of nowhere go longing rusted furnace daybreak 17 benign nine homecoming one freight car ryan i want you to kill the avengers you would just you'd probably just be like lou i don't know what you're talking about uh that sounds kind of weird right and you wouldn't just go kill the avengers would you no, of course not. <laughs> Lou, all right, drop the act, bro. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... <laughs> do you do you think we're going to see that? Do you think he's going to get, like, reactivated by somebody? Like, he'll get captured and they'll, they'll have that list of activation I, words? I thought about that and I was kind of in the air about it. I don't, I don't think so. I, think I don't want to see really, it. I don't want to see I don't want to see it. And I really think we're past that. And this show, like... Yeah. WandaVision is going to be more of a healing process for these people opposed to going backwards. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I've learned something from WandaVision. Take the story they're going for and, and stick with it because that's probably, it's not going to veer off into mutants and they have a story to tell. I think it's going to stay that way for this too. And we're going to, again, the story of these two people overcoming the horrors of life being an Avenger. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I like that you put it that way that it's like it's about healing. WandaVision yes. was about healing. This is about these characters healing, recovering. Yeah. I like that a lot. I have three questions I wrote down about the episode. Is there anything else? Oh, we didn't get to one big thing that I have a question about. Yeah, is there anything else that happens in this episode that you wanted to touch on? I'm just going back. Where did we leave off when the jump out the thing? Did we talk about uh Falcon Lost sort of like back. visiting his family and his his sister? Makes oh, a really, shit. really good joke that he is Uncle Sam because <laughs> he's got yes. two <laughs> I noticed that just, I just watched it again this morning. That was the first time I had noticed that and I didn't have time to write it down, but yes. Yeah, what is, what is her Sam. name? I like, I liked her a lot. Sarah, I think, or was her name in the, in the show, I think, right? Uh, Sarah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, played by um, Adapiro Oduye, uh, Sarah Wilson. And yep. yeah, she was so funny. Yeah, she well, was really good. She wasn't really like she wasn't really a funny presence the whole episode, but like she was funny when she wanted to be. She was just great in general. Favorite moment with her was actually when they were with uh the banker and she was like not taking any of his crap. And yeah. he said something like, Everything's tightening up. And she goes, Yeah, funny how things always tighten around us. Yeah. And it's the MCU's way of like mentioning like this is not what this show is about. We're not gonna get into race inequality, yeah. but Jeez we are not going to ignore it either. Like we're going to exactly. make, we're going to mention it. We're going to acknowledge it because it's a thing. So like, yeah, it can't absolutely. be ignored. Yeah. It's absolutely a thing and it should be mentioned in it. It's definitely yeah. a big thing in today's society. So I like it. I like the mention of it. 
it's really good. But I like it's good too. This we have a story to tell. We don't want to dwell on it, but yes, it's yeah. really good that it was mentioned and and brought up. And in several ways too, I think it may the race issue may come into play too. With I think it's a big part of it is the whole why they're not giving i know he passed up the shield but at the same time i think that's what they wanted yes i think yeah i think they they seemed almost relieved when he gave the shield back even though he is like literally steve's choice to be cap he's seen a lot of action with the avengers he is an avenger it's funny that they're like well we don't what we don't actually want a sam wilson for several reasons i think one one reason that's on that list is his skin color but i think like the main thing that they don't they don't want an actual cap they want they want this like lieutenant america whoever whatever we're going to call this guy that like is just (laughs) a figurehead is just the uso guy that wears the suit and promotes it and does what they right. want him to do, but isn't an actual action yeah. hero. More like what Captain America did at first back in the forties before, you know, just selling bonds and, right. and the you know, propaganda. And it's gross. It's really gross. <laughs> it is. It sucks. We see the, the, the sadder version of this with Ant-Man with Scott and his daughter, when he comes back from the blip where yep. his daughter has aged five years and he's missed these five very important formative years of his daughter's life. We see like the less sad version of that here with, it's still sad, but but Sam had blipped away and he hadn't seen his nephews for five years. And he mentions that like they're they're men now. They were boys when I left (laughs) and they're men now. Exactly. Yeah. And I also want to point out too, with the, uh, when you go, they go visit the sister too, they're arguing about the boat being sold and stuff, the family boat. And so I think that's also getting into more of the the financial struggles, which is another point of the blip of the problems that people have once this happened. You have half the people in the world, a lot of businesses and stuff are gonna are gonna fail because you just don't have the, the people, you don't have you don't have the, the people buying products, you don't have the workers, half your people are gone. I like how they're alluding to the, the financial struggles too with the situation which is interesting. Another point of the blip, you just, sometimes you don't think about, oh, everyone's back, yay, but there's so much more to it. Uh, uh, They mentioned in, I think it was Homecoming or Far From Home, there was like the principal that his, or one of the teachers, his wife had remarried. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, that's gotta be the reality for for literally millions of people. I mean, it's the the normal thing, you know? You think everyone's dead, you move on with your life. That's just, it's tragic. It's almost like like Castaway when Tom Hanks comes home and his wife's remarried. Yeah. Pretty pretty brutal. (laughs) Because like, and if you're that person coming back, it's like, yeah, I'm real disappointed because this was my life and now I can't have that life again. But also, can, yeah. you can't really be mad at your family for moving on like when they, yeah. never, they never thought you would ever be able to come back, ever. It's such I have a, a question conundrum. that is not, it's not one of my big three, but during the blip, it was Thanos eliminated half of all, all life, right? So not just all yeah. people, but like all life on the planet. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. means like half of the fish in the ocean. Yeah, because when when Ant Man sees the birds chirping in the tree, you know that gives them the. So I, that's that was what sold that for me because I kind of thought that too, and then I saw that scene, I was like, oh well, it must be animals too. <laughs> yeah, that's huh. it's it's just another aspect of it. I don't think about then much. You, then it goes even deeper. I mean, does it count like bacteria? Good question. Now now is there fifty percent less bacteria and amoebas and viruses? Um, biologically speaking, it would it would absolutely have to because if you yes. eliminated half of the the large biosphere, but not the microscopic biosphere, that the microscopic it. biosphere, it would it would drastically change the ecosystem. Yeah. 
everything has to remain equal. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. I thought the uh, the flash mob thing with, with the Flag Smashers was cool, where they got everybody together to create that distraction and then mm-hmm. throw in the bet. What was that money they were stealing? I don't think I they really tell. ever said. Oh, oh, and then this Flag Smashers having super strength, or at least one of them. Yep, that I noticed, so, yeah. Yeah, so like, is do they have, they must have some form of super serum or something to make, so I, I wonder where they, where they got that from. Um, Doing a little bit of research on the episode, I discovered what might be a spoiler, but apparently it was in the trailer for the show, which I didn't watch uh, on purpose, but, but <laughs> who, let me just ask you, who do you, who do you think that superpowered individual is? I honestly, I honestly don't, don't, I just do, do not know. I don't okay. know. <laughs> All right. So I, I won't talk about the thing that I found out then. Unless, unless you bring it up, I won't talk about it. And because and, and, it will come up at some point. Okay. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I'd like to be surprised. <laughs> okay. okay. So if it is going to ruin it, I, but you do know who it is for sure. No, I, I don't know who it is, but there's, there's, there's a character that is connected to these characters closely from the MCU. It, it's just the, the biggest fan theory, I think, on the internet right now is probably it's this guy. It might not be. It might be, a, it might be an entirely new character. We don't know. Uh, is it? Uh, I, I'm not even going to say it because then you're going to your reaction will. All right. So, yeah, cool. <laughs> Super soldier. Torres How about you? You ask who you think it is. And no matter what, I will just say the same answer. I'll say I love you 3000. <laughs> if I'll ask you who, who I think the guy in the mask is. Mm-hmm. And I and I won't tell you one way. I won't confirm or deny. I'll just that will be my response. So you already know what my response is going to be. <laughs> so you All can't right. anticipate. You can't like read anything into it. All right, Lou. So who do you think the super strong guy in the flag smashers is? Oh no, I thought I thought you had a guess. I thought you had a guess. Oh, you want me to actually guess? Uh, Zemo. I love you three thousand. I love so you, you can't you can't Marvel. tell if that's a yes or a no. That's just I love you three thousand. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh shit! That is hilarious. I don't know why. <laughs> oh god! All right. So about all right. Leaving boat. And then he has a conversation with Torres about the Flag Smashers and how he got beat up. And Who's Torres? Was- Talk to me about Torres real quick. Remind me who that is. Torres is the guy at the beginning. He was like his eyes on the ground in the Jeep as he was fighting the plane. And then he was the guy he meets in the little cafe. He right. was fixing the wing. And, uh, and then he kind of goes undercover and pretends he's one of these Flag Smashers and meets in this flash mob. And they hand out all the masks and then and then the super strong guy kicks him in the eye and breaks his orbital. <laughs> yeah. I, how did he not die from that? That was... <laughs> yeah, also, how is he, like, awake 10 minutes later from yeah. that? Um, like, yeah, he just, he, like, ripped my eye socket apart. But <laughs> yeah, you know, just, like, just another broken orbital. orbital. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I just had to put my eye back in with my pointer finger, but it was all right. <laughs> do, do you trust this guy? I... I'm getting little shady results. I'm get, I'm mm-hmm. getting a little shady stuff from. I think he, I think he might be. I think he might be something undercover, sneaky. I, I just I, get, flat, I, I flat out don't. I don't dress him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think he's a bad guy? 
Oh no, I do think oh, he's do? a bad guy. Okay, yes. uh, I yeah, don't. I, I don't trust him. I oh, don't trust him. I got you. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm very. I'm people. very willing to be surprised and like, okay, great. They wanted me to like drop my to have my guard up a little bit about this character, but right now I have it way up. It is way up. He just has that vibe of that character who's gonna just turn around and and he's been fucking you the whole time. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is specifically. It was it was that scene when when Sam was fixing the wing on the table and he was asking him a bunch of questions and he asked him at the end of it he's like what are you doing next? Where are you, where are you, yeah. where like oh yeah they they're going to send me off to go check this thing out and he's like oh to go check out what? And yeah. Falcon even has a moment where you look at him, he kind of looks at him and I saw in Sam that he was like do I tell this guy what I'm going to be doing? He seems to be asking a lot of questions. I'm not sure if I should tell him. Yeah. But Sam, ultimately, by, like we see at the end of the episode, he seems to trust him. He seems yeah. to. So we'll I don't see know. down the line, though. I don't know. I, I think it might be Sam's, Sam's mistake. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like the guy. I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't dislike him, but I just don't trust him right, right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could be wrong, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm getting that vibe, too. Okay, that's it's good to hear that. Yeah, yeah. That you're you're kind of sus. He's kind of sus. He is. And then uh, obviously we got the ending scene where the government clearly kind. I think that maybe we didn't see that the government was maybe pressuring Sam to give up the shield. We didn't really see that. We just saw almost like he made up the decision himself. Right. But almost maybe there's things we'll see later that they were maybe pushing him to do so. That's kind of what I got from it, because it seems like they were pretty quick to take that thing right out of its Smithsonian display and hand it to this new guy like like it was nothing. The like, disrespect. I we were, you know, like I thought we were handing this off to put it because it's Steve Rogers legacy. It's going to be in his museum piece. Why did you just take mm-hmm. it like a day later and hand it off to some other schmo? It's, yeah. it's gross. It's really gross because. I had the same thought too when he was when he had that he gave that speech and they were like thank you Sam we appreciate that you give us the shield whatever I was like my first thought was where are they keeping this shield that they're sure no one from no remnant of Hydra no international terrorist is going to bust in and steal it and then have a bunch of vibranium where are they keeping it that it's that it's safe and yeah. the answer is it's not in the museum. It's just some schmo that's going to be dressed up and cosplaying yeah, with it. Absolutely. And you can see the, yeah, I wonder if this guy actually has like a super serum and stuff too, though. Is he going to, but like you said, he, you think more of, he's more of a, just a propaganda piece or something more. I just do. Uh, that he, I have like three, three big questions. And that is my, that is my, one of my biggest question is who do yeah. you, who do you think this guy is? I called him, I wrote down that he was either Lieutenant America, because he's definitely a downgrade from, <laughs> from Captain America, or uh, this is much less clever, Crapton America. <laughs> but it rolls off the tongue. So. Uh, Crapton America is, is the best. And uh, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Yo, Crapton America is, is, is definitely just... <laughs> It's definitely just some guy. <laughs> I yes. think he's just some guy in a shield, and they want to. They want to. You know, they just want the illusion of a new Captain America to give the the American people a uh, something to feel confident about. Maybe um, that's what I'm going with now. I mean, it would be really cool if he actually did have like super. He did get the super serum, and and Bucky and him have to like fight him or something. That would mm. be pretty pretty rad. I could or see maybe, that. 
or maybe for the most part, he is super powered and he's kind of the propagate, maybe the same kind of thing as Captain America was in the past. They just want to do it again. The guy, they, this dude's not, this dude's going to be a loser. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he's going to be, he's bad news. That little he looks like a goober. He does. Yeah. He looks like, like up grandpa in a, in a Captain America match. Like, <laughs> 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 I saw that in a meme. <laughs> I need to I need to look up that what is that character's name cuz oh my god Ryan that was so good. That is so spot on. <laughs> Carl Carl from up in a Captain America. Scene. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> oh God, I need to recover from that. <laughs> so- <laughs> So we see Carl. We see Carl <laughs> walking down the steps of the Smithsonian wearing the super suit. And he's got a sidearm. Like he's got this big old ridiculous looking pistol in a holster. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Captain America. Then he pulls out a bunch of balloons and floats off. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I can't. I can't. that's just perfect oh fuck did you say somebody like made that a meme like somebody photoshopped that (laughs) it's just a split screen but they had the captain america mask they photoshopped over what was it the up guy Carl, I was going to say, because if, if they, if, if, if that wasn't the image, I'm going to, I was going to do that. I was going to make a Photoshop of <laughs> that mask on him because that you is just perfect. At, you should look up the picture. It's fucking yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll find it and I'll link it in the show notes so everybody can see what, what I'm losing my mind over oh. right now. I'm, I'm losing my mind imagining it. I haven't even seen it. So like, so listeners, I, I'm going to, I'm going to provide the genuine article uh, in the show notes. You might've already seen it, but my God, the idea uh. of that is cracking me up. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so the government, like, so the government comes up to you one day, Ryan, and they're like, Hey, look, we're, we're not, you don't need to, gonna, you don't need to go fight anybody. You don't need to put your life in danger. We're just going to just put on this suit, hold this shield and just come out and wave to a bunch of cameras. Would you like, would you just do it? Would you be like, how much are you paying me? Like, what would you, what would you need to be convinced to in my, cause I'll tell you, I'll tell you my hang up with it if they were to ask me. Um, but I want to hear your answer first. I don't, I don't think, uh, okay. I, I, I think I would, I would do it, but I, I'd want to be paid. Okay. I'm just trying to think it in the same way as like just being a hired actor. I want people to understand that I'm not really kind of like an actual Chris Evans playing Captain America or mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want people to look up to me in the way like I'm really some super strong savior. I want to be a cool mascot. If they- <laughs> okay. 
That's you know, fair. but I don't want that weight of people thinking I'm something I'm not that I wouldn't want. I don't I want think to they're be very clear and honest of what I was doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're parading this guy out and saying like, Hey, this is Steve Rogers. This is the Steve. This is the no, Captain yeah. America. It's I don't clear, think they're no. saying that. I think they're yeah, saying this is that. somebody who will wear a mask. You won't know who he is, but he's the new Captain America. He's he's the. I think they literally. I didn't actually pay attention but, to what they were saying when they introduced him at the end because I was just like something. looking at his grandpa face. <laughs> yeah, it is something very much like that. Yes, but I'd want to really. I'd want to really be Captain America if I'm going to do it. You'd want the super serum? I think so, yeah, because w- what w- what are you really? You're not really Captain America. Mm-hmm. I would want the super serum. I would not let the U.S. government inject me with super serum <laughs> as yeah, an experiment. Yeah, look what happened to Red Skull. Jesus. Yeah. And <laughs> you know. furthermore, my issue is, I guess my question to you is, do you feel like if you were to do this, if they were to pay you to do this, would you feel like you're honoring Cap's legacy or would you feel like you're tarnishing it? I feel, I feel like I'm tarnishing it. Okay. I almost feel like it's his legacy. It's his thing. We'll move on with someone else. Yeah. Cause th- those, those would be my demands. It'd be either, okay, I will, I will perform and I'll sell my soul and I'll tarnish Steve's legacy for an exorbitant <laughs> amount of money for a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money. Or yes. alternatively, you let me have some creative control over the PR of this. That's, you let yeah. me make it clear to the to the people that are seeing me in this thing that like we are honoring Steve's legacy. We are not yes. trying to uh, fill in the gap. We're not trying to replace him. We're just trying That's, to yeah. memorialize him. Yeah, That's exactly kind of what I was trying to say. Exactly. I, want, I, I don't want people to think I'm trying to impersonate and fill in the shoes. Like yeah. it, it's not what... That's not what this is. That, that's, yeah, you nailed it. But, but like, I, as much as that, that might not be the intention of the person in the suit, I do not trust that the government isn't that glib about it, right? That they're not just like, yeah, this is, the re- this is replacement Captain America. You love him. You already love yeah. him. Yeah. Because yep. look, he's in the suit. He's got the shield. Look, he's even got the real shield. You love him. You love this. You love the shield, right? Then you love this guy. <laughs> he's carrying a shield. Exactly. Uh, it's the, they're trying to McDonald's eyes. Uh, franchise Captain America. <laughs> yeah, ab- totally. So and, we got cra- I, I crapped in America. He, I just kind of think he, it, just like any of these superheroes, it's once they're gone, they're they're gone. Like you don't need, we don't need another Captain America. Find another superhero, yep. someone else who can represent. Let him go, and that's the past. He did a great thing. Something new, but that's the world we live in. Yeah, and they they, they the MCU has really played around with showing you a character often in a co- in a particular costume and then they reveal the face and it's oh it's not what I was expecting they did this in Thor Thor Ragnarok they did it in Ragnarok they did where the Matt Damon thing. was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was uh, Matt Damon was Thor and who was Loki Loki was no Loki was Matt Damon I think Loki Thor was, was Liam was Liam Hensworth Chris's Liam <laughs> and then Loki was pretending to be Odin. Oh, yes. got it. They, that so they, they, fantastic. They have they have a lot of fun with this kind of thing in the MCU, where it's like they show you the character, you know this character because we're seeing the silhouette of them, and you recognize yep. that silhouette from merchandise. And yes. and then they show the face, and it's like, oh, we're, we played a joke on you. It's actually a different actor, and it's because they're in a play on Asgard. <laughs> 
Earth, uh, <laughs> recounting Loki's exploits, or it's this crapped in America, uh, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, so we, we figured out who this guy is. Well, real, realistically, realistically, do you think that this is the person behind that mask is somebody that has been in the MCU already or is an entirely new character? Entirely new character. I think so, too. Yeah. So we'll definitely find out more about him. My second big question, who, so, so it's sort of, a, I, or I sort of already asked you, but I have a, a wild theory that is definitely not the the case but i do want to talk about this theory (laughs) sure um just because i like i like i like crazy speculation that uh, is supported by very limited evidence um (laughs) (laughs) so ryan who do you who is your i think you said baron zemo is like somebody that you think that this guy in the mask is right do you have any do you have any other like just guesses or like no i i honestly don't i i I don't know. That would just that's just throwing it out there because I've I've heard things, but what he is, I don't know. And whether that's him, I don't know. I, okay. I yeah, I just I don't know for sure. I don't even really know for sure if that's him in that mask. I just was guessing because it was my only real solid guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is Ryan, have you ever seen the movie Big Hero Six? No. Okay. Big Hero 6 is great. It's an animated Disney CG movie from like 2014. Uh, it's officially part of the MCU. I, I, I heard that, yeah. What's his name? Baymax or something? Baymax. Like Baymax is yeah. a big infl- inflatable robot that was built to be a basically like a doctor robot, like a like a, a medical helper robot that has like healing spray and he can fly to places and like rescue people. And he's big and fluffy and balloonish because he's supposed to look really friendly, be soft and like be a a caretaker and healer. The story in big hero six is like the main character, his big brother builds, builds the robot. Uh, He kind of forms a bond with it, trying to avoid big spoilers from the movie, but he, (laughs) the, the main character hero forms a bond with Baymax and he is, Hero is like really good at robotics and tech and stuff. So he builds, he, in his opinion, modifies Baymax and gives him like armor and like repulsor guns and stuff. So Baymax sort of becomes like, he is still a doctor robot, a healer kind of robot thing. But now he has these upgrades and he's more like equipped for combat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Baymax is really cool. Big Hero 6 is really cool. And I think you'd like it, especially because it's part of the, like, officially part of the MCU now. So, the reason I keep hitting that note is because (laughs) wild, wild theory alert. Introducing this by saying, I don't think I'm right about this, but I just want to talk about it in case I am. I want to, I want to, I want to register it because I want to play the, I want to play the odds. If I, if I'm right about this, I'm, I'm recording (laughs) it now and I can gloat about it five episodes from now when I find out that I'm right. (laughs) That would be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long shot, though, because the villain in Big Hero 6 is this guy called, he's called Kabuki Man. Kabuki Man. Okay. Um, I think his real name is Yokai, and Robert Robert Callahan is his real name. He is, he is also like a robotics expert guy, and he builds these nanobots that he sort of, he uses them in a lot of various uh, clever ways. But his big thing is he wears this mask. I am going to send you 
a couple of photos real quick so you can look at them because I want to I want to I want to sort of hear your reaction. So one of these photos is the character that we saw in the episode and one of them is Kabuki Man. Oh shit. Yeah. Um so listeners you're I'm also going to link to this in the show notes uh, so you can take okay. a look at this side by side comparison of these two characters and their two masks it's not a lot of similarity to be honest what it is is the flag smasher mask is all black with a red handprint on it because i guess the story is at some point the people i think i read that like a school started doing the red hand thing as a symbol of like unity for like the the new blip world where everything's unified and it caught on and it became a symbol of the flag smashers. Um, so yeah. that's why there's this like red handprint that looks like slashes, mm-hmm. like red slashes across this black mask. The Kabuki man, his mask is a traditional Japanese Kabuki mask, mask, which is sort of a scary, angry looking face with sharp red lines on it. Yeah. Again, don't actually think that. <laughs> that yeah, but that's that, a cool connection. That's pretty similar. And yeah. The MCU does take liberties and, with characters kind of combining them with the aspects of others and changing it enough to suit the story. So I think that's a solid guess, man. I just, it would be a crazy, but a really good way to bring big hero six into the cinematic MCU, which they've never done before. Mm -hmm. But I, I can imagine like there's enough fans of, of big hero six as like a thing that they'd want to see. I want to see a live action version of them. I got really excited by the idea that we might see a Baymax or a hero or some of the other team. Cause, cause it like big hero six is a whole team of six people and you, you, it mainly focuses on, on hero and Baymax, but like there's four others and um, they're cool too. But yeah, I would, Anyway, I've talked a lot about that crazy theory. I just want, kind of wanted to register it. I'm glad you don't think it's entirely out of the question. <laughs> nah, man, everything works here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whatever you got. Yeah, I'll probably check that movie out. That seems really cool. And also, you know, it's a good quality movie, too, from what I've heard and read in reviews. So yeah. I think if Kevin Feige might have more regrets about putting something that wasn't always entirely great but you know something like big hero six which was well written and well done maybe something that he'd more be willing to connect to the universe i have a personal investment in it because big hero six was the first movie that we reviewed on robots versus dinosaurs so nice i'm a big fan of it i think it's i think it's a great under underlooked movie it's underrated like i'm 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 not surprised that even though you're a big mcu fan uh, I'm not surprised that you haven't seen it because it's the one that like most people yeah. just haven't seen for whatever reason. Um, I also had no idea that it was even remotely related to comic books until like a year ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't even, I just thought it was another Disney animated movie, computer animated movie. I didn't know it had anything to do with a Marvel character. So, well, check it out. Let me know if you see any connections that make you think like, oh yeah, Kabuki Man could potentially be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And we'll I will add it to the list. Maybe we'll, re- we'll revisit that sometime. And listeners, if you support my crazy wild theory about Kabuki Man, please write in robosvdinos at gmail.com or go to our website and like, uh, there's like, you can comment on the episode on the message board. 
And let me know if you agree or disagree, if you have alternate theories. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of my talk on Kabuki Man. <laughs> so Yeah, no, that's cool. I like Kabuki Man. It's cool. So my my very last question, Ryan, just sort of a general quest general question. We yeah. got uh we got Jimmy Woo, we got Darcy, um, we got a handful of others in in WandaVision. Uh, I guess I guess Maria Rambo is a character that we previously had seen in the in the MCU. Who that we've seen in the MCU before do you think will show up on Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think we're going to get some kind of uh well, you know, I was going to say Captain America and I really thought I really thought we were going to get a, a Captain America one, like an old man cap briefly. What? Technically, technically we did. <laughs> well, in the flashback in the in the voiceover, yeah. We got we got two yeah. lines from him. <laughs> I really, two previously recorded lines. I really th- thought for a while that we were going to get a little a little bit of a cap maybe at the if he passes away or something at the end he's a little last little speech or, or something that we see but i'm starting to doubt that because i've heard things about marvel news that it's been denied that he will be in this okay. those kind of things are always out there to deceive us so mm-hmm. maybe he will appear and i'd really love to see just a quick last old man cap before he goes that's what i really want to see from the previous mcu if okay. not if, if not i'd love to see maybe like it would have to be a flashback a peggy carter or somebody from an old from an old captain america movie would be really cool to see i think Pe- peggy carter would be really cool because i don't know if you've seen the, the peggy carter show uh on netflix agent carter agent carter yeah um, I, I, I think i started it and then and then i didn't finish it <laughs> it was good yeah it's 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 <laughs> It was good, but yeah, um, it's as good as Agents of Shield. It, that's the thing; it had the same kind of curse that you've talked about, where the it has to be beholden to the MCU, but the MCU does not have to be beholden to it. Yeah, see, that's what um, bothers me about those, like the Netflix and the cable shows, that type of or TV shows, or whatever network shows. But they, they, I feel like the sh- with that show, they did their best to work around it, and and it being in a specific time era, they were able to sort of. They, they were able to sort of safely play in that sandbox yeah. and not have to affect anything in the present MCU. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it did. It's, it's understandable that it didn't go past two seasons, but I could see them because Peggy Carter is, is a significant character still. I could see her making an yeah. appearance or them doing some sort of flashback, especially because like we all love vision so much now. And we know that Vision came from Jarvis, and Jarvis is a huge character on Peggy Carter, Agent Carter. So, and also, I think I think it's kind of obvious that Sharon Carter is probably going to show up at some point, right? Yeah, that's the the niece, right? The yeah. blonde, the blonde, the blonde woman, the one that was like pretending to be Steve's neighbor, and yeah, yo, yeah, I got you can do your laundry in my place. <laughs> yeah, mm, I just yeah. watched that. And yeah, like Black yeah. Widow. Well, and she, if I yeah, remember right, Black certain. Widow was trying to get him to like accept a date from her, right? Yeah, yes. Yes. Which yeah, you, you should go on. It's weird though, because Black Widow is totally a spy, a clandestine, like undercover operative chameleon type agent how does she not know just taking one look at sharon carter like (laughs) nah steve that's that's not actually a a friendly neighbor that's flirting with you that is a undercover shield agent (laughs) that's not a nurse who needs to do her laundry lady suss that out but uh be actually another cool cameo because she plays Mm -hmm. a lot into captain america so uh that would be cool to see her as well 
Oh, in a flashback? Dead. What or... am I talking about? She's dead. <laughs> well, that, that's my question. Would we see her in a yeah. flashback or we, like we back could. from the dead? Nah, she'll never come back from the dead. She's okay. dead. That's in my opinion. Once, once the, uh, once you get the soul stone, but I think like they've said several times, there's no coming back from that. Even Gamora, like you don't think we'll see Gamora in any more of the guardians movies. I do, but we're going to see the 2014 Gamora. That was at the end of end, you know, the one we don't really know what happened to her at the end of end game because everyone snapped and disappeared. But after she kicks Pratt in the balls, we don't see her again. So did she disappear with the army because she was considered on their side or did she stay? And I think we'll find those things out in Thor, Love and Thunder and Guardians 3. That's a good point. But uh, uh, cool. now Natasha, I mean, that's the thing too. There's a lot of alternate timeline stuff, but I don't think that's going to come, come into play. And this show is just not in that direction, I don't think. So if we see yeah. her, it'll be flashbacks. But I think it would be cool to see Black Widow or uh, Peggy Carter. Cool. I think so too. Yeah. And I, I don't have any theories of like who else we might see, but I'm excited. I'm just excited for the rest of the show. Cause this was a fantastic yeah. first episode. I do actually think there as much as it's not a, a surprise show, I think there's going to be a, a lot of little things that pop up that will surprise us, which is cool. So I'm excited to see that. I hope so. Yeah. Cool. So Ryan, that's everything I have to say about the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode 101, <laughs> yeah. New World yeah. Order. I really found out how much of a badass the, the Falcon is. It's uh, <laughs> awesome. You know, you didn't get to see him uh, being like that side character for so long. Like now you get to really get into how cool he is as a, as a fighter, as a, he battles tactician with weapons. Mm-hmm. He's cool. He's cool robot Red Wing. I mean, He's cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, a little more excited now seeing it, and I can't wait to see more. I think they could also be, now that you talk about it in those terms, like he's he's not a sidekick. He's now much more on his own, and he's he's actually kind of leading a team tactically. I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of that, and my hope is they're sort of building up to like he's going to be the new not just Cap, but like literally the leader of the Avengers. He, he's going to yeah. reassemble the Avengers. He's yeah. going to be there, the one they all look up to and take orders from. And I think so too. I think that's going to that's a that's a good direction to take Sam Wilson in, yeah. um, especially when he get. I think he'll be Captain America with like Falcon at power, like with his Falcon stuff too. So he's going to be like super cool. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just well. for life. Like my, my brain, when I, when you say something like that, my brain immediately turns back into like 12 year old me. And I'm like, I want that action figure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With the wings, With the wings out and, and the shield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a little red wing accessory. Absolutely. Yeah. You pop um, it up and you hit the button. It'll shoot out of his back. <laughs> like a yeah. Ninja Turtle pizza shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And, and you know what the thing is, we live in a world where we are going to get that action figure and it's going to be cool. So absolutely. Yeah. I'm just going to have to check my budget and see if I can drop like the 40 or maybe $70 that it's going to (laughs) cost. Cause those things are, those things are cool. They're really cool. I have some Marvel action figures, but they are, they're pricey. They're a little bit pricey. (laughs) You're, You're paying for that name. I'll tell you. Yeah, but you're paying for the quality, in my opinion. Like it really, if if it's the if you're into that kind of thing, like a six inch representation of your favorite movie character, they do a yeah. good job of it. It's very Absolutely. detailed. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're not a child in a in a, an adult's body, then you can yeah. save your money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, so, I was collecting Beast Wars Transformers till I was like 18. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a little older than 18. Um, and I <laughs> let's leave it at that. Maybe we'll do like a collector's corner at some point. But let's do, Ryan, one quick thing I want to do before we wrap up is we talked a little bit during our WandaVision coverage. Uh, listeners, if you don't know, if you're listening to this episode and it's your first episode you're listening to or you haven't listened to our WandaVision coverage, Go back, check the podcast feed. We covered every single episode of WandaVision from beginning to end. Uh, one thing we talked about a little bit while we were discussing WandaVision was this show that you were into on HBO called Doom Patrol, which is a DC property. Uh, you convinced me to check it out, and I am into it. I really like it. Yeah. So really, I just uh, kind of wanted to, what'd you say? You've really taken to it, I have to say. And I tried to I tried to watch to catch up to you, like remember some of the details, but I'll get there. I'm a few in. But let's I'm about see I'm about going. halfway I'm about halfway through season two right now. Oh, you've made it to two. All right. Yeah. You you haven't yeah. made it to season two? No, I've seen the whole thing. Season two is with like uh with like the daughter that he had. Is that the one when she manifests like her yes. talking about uh, the right Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. She manifests her uh, friends. And yeah, that was. And they're bad. all, it starts out with them all stuck as like shrunken from the ending of the first season. <laughs> Just some general things I like about Doom Patrol because I'm, I'm a huge Marvel fan and I would say I like DC a lot. I am not a huge DC fan. I love I Wonder Woman. I love. I love Batman, of course. I love some versions of Batman. I don't love every version of Batman. Yeah, uh, and well, it depends I depends like, on how it's done. Yeah, and and the, what in, in terms of the DCU, I really like their Aquaman. I love Jason Momoa mm-hmm. as Aquaman. I thought, I actually yeah. thought the Aquaman movie was really good. That was um, really good. Yes, I love. I like Ezra Miller as the Flash. Best part of Justice League. <laughs> I think I think Ben Affleck did a good job as Batman. I like a lot of the elements that the DCU has created. My favorite, though, is Shazam. I'd never, ever considered Shazam until I saw the movie Shazam. And it's my favorite DCU movie. That was a fun, that was a fun movie. Gotta That's exactly it. I did, <clears throat> I did see it, yeah, and it was cool. I yeah. enjoyed it. But, like, it, again, it was like- fun. I have less of a interest in the in the uh, the connecting fibers of the DCU. It just doesn't feel the same. Yep. Uh, you know, but I can enjoy the individual movies for what they are. But it's besides, unless you're watching Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Justice League, those are literal like three very connected movies. But when then the rest of it just seems very vaguely connected where marvel seems more really woven together more Mm -hmm. tightly i guess the best way to describe it in terms of tone i fully agree with you that like the bvs the the man of steel and justice league they're they're all very interwoven they're all thematically similar they all use the same color filter that's just everything is gray and sepia toned uh depressing whereas (laughs) then you have like the shazam aquaman birds of prey and Doom Patrol didn't, that I would say see. are are all very much like you didn't see Birds of Prey? No. Birds of Prey is amazing. It's is so it? much fun. It's so it's it's the last movie I saw before the world shut down <laughs> uh, in <laughs> yes. theaters. And it it was kind of I guess it was I mean we'll 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 end up we'll be able to go back to movie theaters again soon, but like it was a good one to go out to play out on because it was my expectations were really low. And the only thing I knew going into it was Margot Robbie did a great job as, as Harley Quinn, 
mm-hmm. in a really bad Suicide Squad movie, she deserved a better yes. script. She deserved a better playground to showcase her version of this character. And, and Birds of Prey was exactly that. And the other characters were really fun too. The villain was great. It was Ewan McGregor as the nice. Black Mask. So it's, it's just, a, it, it's really fun. And it's the same kind of fun tone as like Shazam. And I would say, and also Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's um, cool because that's, that's more, the, I like that feel. I like that. I have so many movies now I got to watch. I got to make a list. <laughs> <laughs> so Doom, Doom Patrol, the show, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's trying to be connected in any way to the DCU. No, but, because Cyborg's a whole different actor and everything. I think, I think oh, yeah. they mentioned him being in like Justice League. So I don't know. I kind of was confused about that. But either way, I don't think it's connected. <laughs> That's the thing. They do. Yeah, they do talk about Cyborg being a Justice League member. But like, it seems like, okay, well, for whatever reason, the Justice League is doing something else right now and I'm not a part of it. <laughs> Yeah. So there, it seems like they're not. I might be wrong. If you're a huge Doom Patrol fan and like they do mention this, please feel yeah. free to write in and correct me. But I don't think they ever say what specific version of the Justice League he's one of the members yeah. of. I don't think they actually allude to it being the one that we saw in the in the Justice League movie. Yeah. But I like this version of the character Cyborg. I feel like he's a lot more lighthearted than yes. the one they that that they showed us in the Justice League movie. They also do him a favor by developing the character a little bit more. Which Wait, they you watch, really that's why you gotta watch the new one because the Snyder Cut. It's a, it's a whole it's a that is another reason too that his background is all different. Like because it yeah. shows his whole background, what happened and it that's why the Justice League takes every character, develops them, including the villains. So like you get a way more like depth of why this is happening opposed to just, That's Oh, it's a, it, it's a totally different movie. You should watch it, but sorry, go back to doom patrol. No, that's, I'm glad you said that because I, as of this recording, I have not seen the Snyder cut. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but it's four hours long. <laughs> yes, man. It takes dedication. To, <laughs> I had, I sit down after work at three 30, watched it all the way through. It was almost bedtime. So <laughs> I marathoned that thing. Dang. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to marathon it. If not, I, by, by, by next week, I'll have more thoughts on it because I will have seen it. But like comparing it to Doom Patrol, I'm glad that you said that they developed Cyborg a lot because that was one of my biggest disappointments yeah. is they were just like, well, here's Cyborg. And I'm like, what do you mean here's Cyborg? Where, what, who is this person? <laughs> and he's way more badass in yeah. the new Justice like it shows all the different things he can do and they don't even get into that in in the other just like so much is cut out it's unbelievable yeah. it's criminal is completely different character with actual motivations of why he's there totally totally just it's broken up into six parts so you should just watch a part see how you feel and if you want to continue <laughs> you go well, you do. all right we'll see but, we'll see but um, you'll get you'll get there. Do, well, so since you've seen both of them, do you do you what what would you how would you describe the difference between the Doom Patrol cyborg and the movie cyborg? The movie cyborg is first of all, he's way more a cyborg. Okay, he, he's like like uh, in Doom Patrol, it's like not as much of him is robotic. It seems like a little bit of his face and like an arm. So what you're saying is they have a bigger budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't just put a plastic thing over his face like this. <laughs> and like, like metal gloves. Thing. And this glowing red eye doesn't move with this one. <laughs> so it looks like he's cross-eyed half the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite was the silver gloves with just like the, the, the padding. 
<laughs> yes, but the it's the cyborg is much more cyborgy, and mm. he has way more powers. Like he doesn't do all too much in Doom Patrol, but I mean in this new the new Justice League, he's making plasmas out of his freaking hands and flying, and he does all kinds of he connects he connects to everything through the internet knows like everything it's cool he's hmm. just way more developed and seems way more powerful cool okay i like that i like the running joke in doom patrol with their version of cyborg is that he's he's like it's everybody's like aren't you on the justice league like what <laughs> <laughs> yes. are you are you the are you the cyborg <laughs> yes um, they do keep questioning that. And he's kind of, I do like that we sort of see that development in real time of the character, like him, his struggles with his father controlling the OS and him trying to break away from the OS entirely and realizing mm-hmm. that he kind of, he kind of needs the OS and like needs yeah. to sort of like form a symbiosis with it and not resist it. Another difference to Cyborg is how he's created. Okay. A little different. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to spoil it and get into it, but yeah, it's just, that's another little different aspect to his story. You know, well, he, it was like he, a, it was like an explosion and, or something in Doom Patrol. Right. Him, him and my favorite character on the show, Robot Man, are very, they have kind of a similar backstory where they're like, they were in some sort of accident where their mm-hmm. body was, rendered almost entirely useless and some scientists saved the parts that they could and put them inside of a permanent suit of some sort. So (laughs) robot man is technically also a cyborg. He is called robot man, but I would say he's technically a cyborg. Would you agree or disagree? I would agree. He just makes it because he's, he's a human brain. So his smarts and intelligence are human, not artificial intelligence. I think that maybe could be part of the difference. Yeah, because it's not he's not like Krang, where he's like just a brain that could like move around independently and then go inside <laughs> of a bodysuit. <laughs> yes. He's almost he's almost Krang, but <laughs> very close. <laughs> they should have put him in his stomach so he could yeah. work out. <laughs> um, but yeah, robot like he's a robot man it's just like because it's a tv show budget on like the dc network like his mouth doesn't even move like Mm -hmm. he needs a little little oil in his jaw (laughs) (laughs) i kind of i like that so much i like that he is that limited and that they don't like he is not cyborg is a cyborg so he's like part machine and he the way he talks sometimes is like very deliberate articulate language that he is describing something with technical terms and jargon but robot man is still just this rock and roll race car driver that like he still wears these t-shirts that just have like scribble on that look like band like you buy him at a punk show and leather jackets and stuff and he's just got so much personality but he's never he's never ever the thinker of the team you know he's never the one that's like let's think through this Let's yeah, he's just like fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I don't think we talked about who plays Robot Man. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> B Phrase. B my boy B Phrase from the Mummy. Love yeah. it. Where has Brendan Fraser been? <laughs> In the recording booth for fucking Doom Patrol, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not even the he's not even the body of Robot Man. So Oh, he's not. It's no, like a stunt, does, like a stunt actor. He does the voice, and he and he plays him obviously in the flashbacks. But yeah, no, there's a stunt man. double that does the actual robot man. 
Okay. I, you know, I, one, one thing I like about the show uh, a lot is that they, they do have that opportunity to like go into, like when he goes into, what's her name's mind? Jane? Jane. When he goes into Jane's mind. One of her 60 something names. And when he's inside of her brain, like we see Brendan Fraser as Brendan, right. as Brendan Fraser, as Cliff Steele. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's that line in Spider-Man 2 where J. Jonah Jameson is like, so you're telling me a guy with a scientist, a mad scientist gets four extra limbs and his name just happens to be Octavius. Love how it just works out that way. It's it's really beautiful. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we've got the, the, let's just like sort of run through the characters. It's, it's crazy Jane, robot man, Cliff Steele, uh, cyborg. Then we've got Rita Farr, who is maybe, maybe my other favorite character. Rita, Rita is fantastic. She's Elastigirl. Yeah. And let me do, like, Rita Farr, <laughs> I just love the concept of this character. She was a classic Hollywood movie star that was awful to, like, everybody on set. <laughs> and it bites her in the ass because she's on a, she's on this movie set in Africa, she's shooting some movie in Africa, this like exploitation film. And there's a bit where she like falls into the water. And while she's (laughs) under this mythical thing gives her superpowers, but it's basically her power is to melt into a flesh monster. (laughs) Yeah. looks pretty terrible at first. (laughs) Yeah. And she can't really control it. It tanks her movie career, but like, her journey is both to control the power, but also to sort of realize her past mistakes and become a better person. And we, we see that immediately with the character. And like, I'm up to halfway through season two and I'm just, I, I love every time she is now like supportive of the team or trying to get everybody together on something. Like, I love that we've seen her go from yeah. that origin point to who she is now. At first, she was always wanting to kind of sit out and not be involved. Because, you know, mm-hmm. every time you go out stressed, you start melting, and it was yep. clearly embarrassing for her. But, yeah, that's good character development right there. And who else is on the team? Negative Man. That's the other guy I'm forgetting. Negative Man. Larry Trainer, who I mentioned him last because I almost forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, because, like you said, his backstory does get a little repetitive over and over again. Like that same crashing scene. You do see it, like, every time. <laughs> And um, and I think I think what they're what they're the reason they keep showing that is because they're showing us that Larry is dwelling on this. He's 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 literally stuck yeah. in this tragic moment that happened to him, and it is tragic. It's a tragic origin story. But like, and his development obviously it's very similar to Rita's, where he has to sort of reconcile his power. Mm-hmm. He has to not he instead of trying to be in complete control over it, he has to find a balance between letting yeah. it be in control and him having some control kind of get like a rapport with the power because it's almost like an entity so you know kind of like Hulk almost yeah yeah very yeah that's a good comparison yeah and I like him more now but at the beginning it was really hard for me to get attached to that that character yeah he's cool Um, yeah but um I he had that funny scene where he kept trying to get on the bus <laughs> just leaving and wouldn't let him get on. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, the 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 comedy of Doom Patrol is really good. Yeah, and I love this the weirdness. Like it's it's funny and it's weird. You know, yeah. it just has w- weird stuff to it. Right at the beginning, when you know there was a donkey and you had to climb down its throat to get to the alternate dimension. 
shoot mm-hmm. the world, shoot the world back out of the donkey. And it was all really cool. Just, it was odd and I liked it. And that's why yeah. I watched it. And we didn't talk about the two, two of probably the biggest actors on the show. The, so the chief is James Bond, Tim Dalton. Of course. And yep. Tim Dalton was also in Hot Fuzz, in my opinion, kind of playing a similar character where it's like, you think this guy has it all figured out. He's in charge. He's very collected. But then like you chip away and you realize he has no idea what's going on. He's improvising just about everything. <laughs> like he's, and, and, and Tim Dalton is really good at playing unexpected comedy. Like you don't yeah. think he's going to be the, the funny character. And then when he does unpack the comedy, it's really, really yeah. masterful. Yeah, absolutely. And then the villain, Mr. Nobody the coolest is, idea for a villain. Yeah. Like Alan, the narrator, it's like so meta. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, uh, what's that movie, Stranger Than Fiction? Is that the one? Yeah, where uh, Will Ferrell yeah, well, yeah. realizes that his, his he's like the protagonist of a book yeah. and his whole life is being narrated. I never thought that's very similar, but he's like actually, hit, like he, Timothy Dalton's like, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> like he's sitting there narrating <laughs> as it's going on. It's It was really cool. That was an awesome just, that's really cool. I, that's one of the concepts of that show I thought was badass. And it's, just, it's like I said, it's weird. And it comes up with these cool storylines and it's, and the characters aren't just like superheroes. They're like misfits, really. They're, you know, they're just more like these fools who stumbled upon what happened to them. And, you know, now they have to kind of come together and figure it out. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's just really cool. Yeah. The, uh, Alan, Alan Tudyk plays Mr. Nobody and it's, it is a really cool like concept for the character. Cause, cause what I really liked was they finally realized his power is basically narrating things and then they manifest. So that kind of, that kind of character would, could have unlimited power and be unstoppable if they weren't held back by their own ineptitude or like self-doubt or yeah. him, in his case, it's like hubris. And like, he's just, he's really just a weak person. So mm-hmm. ultimately his imagination can only go in certain directions and yeah. it ends up being his own downfall. But I liked, I liked when they realized, Oh, we, this, there's a way we can use this to our advantage uh, when they all get shrunken and they and like they get him to start narrating the cockroach and the rat that fall in love, and it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna describe that in any more detail because it's horrible. <laughs> I need more to stuff, see it. more of that crazy stuff. But but it's just funny that like how do you stop a character with that much power? And it's well he kind of stops himself by not having a big enough imagination, not having good right. intentions, and just being selfish. And well, yeah, yeah. Cool. So yeah, we've talked a lot about Doom Patrol. I think this is more of like a Doom Patrol section than Doom Patrol corner. So it's <laughs> all right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch more of that today. Actually, you got me wanting to. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to finish the Snyder Cut for so we can talk about that more next week. But I, I'm gonna try to finish Doom Patrol also because I only have half the season left. We'll yep. see though. It's the kind of show I'm not in a rush to watch. I like having like. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I have some time. I can watch another episode of Doom Patrol. So yeah, I'm just going to we'll enjoy it at a relaxed pace. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, no rush. I mean, we'll be at least getting together for the next, what, five, six weeks. So we doing every week again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So listeners, we will be back next week to talk more about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. Until then. I love you 3000. I love you 3000. See you next time. Or 1400. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
I love you, 1400. <laughs> yes, 1400. How does it feel like it's someone else's? It isn't. Because this virus attacks the lungs. It's never more infuriating when you realize that your life has a price tag on it. The truth of the matter is we are in the middle of an apocalypse. There's no leadership. I went from being an ER nurse to you're a healthcare hero. I feel like a sham. Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. I'm Joanna Van Thine. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.